everyone, this is Mariah. Be sure to check out the exclusive offer mentioned at the end of this episode by going to clarionmagazine.ca slash realtalk to get your four-month free subscription of The Clarion. You'll find more details in the show notes below. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to uh, the Real Talk Podcast. Today, we are talking to two gentlemen about the Clarion Magazine. Uh, so one of those uh, guests is uh, Will Gordemacher. He is the publisher of Clarion. And the other one is my father, Pastor Peter Holtfloor. So it uh, should be a fun one. should be interesting. Yeah. So I guess uh, we'll get the, each guys to uh, yeah introduce yourselves, and then we'll, uh, we'll dive into the magazine, what it's all about, and what you're doing at Clarion. So, uh, Will, maybe if you want to go first, that'd be great. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate, uh, first of all, the opportunity to be to be on the podcast. Uh, and I appreciate what you uh, fellows are doing here. I've listened to a few and it's been uh, great. So I'm, uh, it's a pleasure of mine to be here. Uh, my name is William Gordonmaker. I'm uh, serving in the ownership group of, here of Premier Printing in Winnipeg. And uh, part of that role uh, for me is publisher of Clarion Magazine. And uh, so in terms of my real tasks that will be um, kind of taking over after the editorial committee has done its work in providing content. We'll put the magazine together and we'll get it printed and published and distributed. And we also uh, manage the uh, administrative side, such as uh, subscriptions and advertising. So that's my role. Very cool. All right. And then, uh, yeah, dad, you've been involved for a number of years, but now you've taken on a new role there. So maybe tell folks what's going on there. Yeah. My role started about 10 or 11 years ago when Will's father was, um, was still living as he passed away. And I forget the year, Will, sorry, 2014 ish, 2015. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, he, he passed away from, uh, cancer. I remember if I remember correctly. And, um, but, uh, in 2010, uh, Will's father approached me to come on board as a contributing editor. So basically that meant, uh, contributing four or five editorials per year and being part of a four or five person committee. The numbers changed a little bit over the years. Um, trying to chart the, yeah, the editorial direction, of the clarion and uh, we would have a, a meeting we still do have a meeting once per year where we would figure out where we're going as a magazine mm-hmm. and uh, what we wanted to improve etc so yeah i've been involved since 2010 and uh, uh, dr james visher has been the editor uh, during all of that time and he actually started in the year 2000 so he's been editor-in-chief for some 21 years by now i think wow. he's got the record yeah. I looked up some history. I, I think the, the next longest after him was uh, Reverend Van Doren going back to the 1960s and he served for 16 years. Wow. Um, so he's stepping down. I believe his last uh, issue, it will be the year end issue of 2021, the Christmas uh, year end. And then I'm taking over the editorial duties, uh, the editor in chief duties uh, come uh, January. And I guess there's a transition happening right, you know, even this this next couple of months. But so, yeah, I'm uh, that's a bit of a new role for me. And exactly what Reverend Vischer did, uh, I, I guess I'm about to find out. He's given me a little a description, um, but he was the editor in chief. And 
I'm, uh, you know, ask me a year from now exactly what that role involves. <laughs> better answer. You're about to find out. But you're yeah. taking it into like 2040 something. So well, <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll just take it maybe one uh, one day at a time. But uh, yeah, so we're excited. Thank you for the encouragement, though, Tyler. I appreciate that. <laughs> Make Will's life a little easier. There you go. Okay, so that's uh, that's both of you. So thanks for joining us. That's. Uh, yeah, it's exciting. Looking forward to talking about this. Mm. Um, so I guess maybe, yeah, for the folks who don't know, or for the folks that do know, would just like some clarity from uh, from the team at Clarion. What is uh, Clarion and what's, what's the purpose of it? Uh, feel free. Do you want to talk on that one first, Dad? And then um, we'll go to Will. I can start and Will can chime in if that's okay. Um, yeah, he and I did a little uh, digging into the history to sort of also figure out where Clarion came from because mm. it predates both Will and myself by quite a large number of years, we discovered. So the the uh, predecessor to Clarion magazine uh, is something called, or was something called Canadian Reform Magazine, started in 1952. Okay. So we're heading into the 70th year. Clarion basically um, continues on where Canadian Reform Magazine left off. And we'll get into a little bit of the history later on. But what is Clarion? What was CRM, as they called it? It's really a magazine for, um, for for two purposes, to serve the church community, specifically the Canadian Reformed Church community, and to serve the families within the church community. So that's what uh, Clarion tries to do. It, it, it brings uh, news across the federation of our, our churches. It brings up issues and discusses issues that are pertinent to our churches. Um, you'll find in it things like uh, press releases pertaining to our churches, but uh, topics that are written on that uh, come out of church life. Um, you you know, in the early days, I know they they read they wrote about unions, for example, union membership. We're going back hmm. to the 1950s and 60s. That was a big deal. Uh, another issue was uh, adoption, adoption, and exactly uh, when would a baptized child be adopted? Uh, hmm. That was an issue in the 1950s, 60s. So as editors, contributing editors and writers, we try to suss out, okay, what's, what's, what are the issues of the day in our church community? Mm -hmm. And we write about them. We invite other people to write about them. But we really want to help our, our members and, uh, and the families in our midst deal with um, issues that, that are on their plate. Yep. Hmm. That's, right. uh, that's how I would say it. Maybe Will's got some more to add to it, but... Yeah, I think historically speaking, uh, one of the concerns, if you, if you look at the start date, 1952, that's really, really early on in the existence of the Canadian Reformed Churches as a federation of churches, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking only a couple of years after the, uh, the first few immigrants arrived. And there was a hunger at that time, too, also by way of a magazine to uh, be together, to have unity, to talk about the things that are going on in the different um in the different areas of the country, which were back then uh, quite distant. Um, you know, now I can sit on a Zoom call with uh, with you out in Ontario, and it's really seamless, right? Back then, they're craving for the, um, the mail to come in, which wasn't exactly as fast as email, let's say, right? Just to hear what's going on with their kind of brothers and sisters out in the West or out in the East, right? So this was also a, a means to kind of unite everybody in the same conversation and to uh, keep everyone up to date as to what's going on in the churches. Okay. 
Cool. And uh, was Premier always involved in, in the publishing of it? Or uh, what's the history around the publishing side of it? Yeah, Premier was not. Um, so Premier got involved officially in 1973. Uh, so that'd be roughly 20 years in. Uh, before that, it was, uh, I think, a joint effort of uh, Reverend W. Loopstra and uh, Mr. Case Oursloot, who who did have some printing uh, background. He was from Grimsby. And uh, they took care of that under the name of um, Canadian Reform Publishing House. So that was the that was the first group, and that that group dissolved when Premier Printing uh, kind of came on board, uh, took it over in 1973. Okay, so yeah, historically, I guess so. CRM Canadian Reform Magazine that was going for you said about 20 years there. So yes. do you know what uh, what caused the rebrand there? And, and was it always in English or did they start in Dutch or something like that? Well, or I brought along a sample. I don't know if the folks uh, can see it on the on the on the video there. But um, so this is from our, our theological library. Uh, this is from 19. I believe this one's from the 1960s. Yeah, 64. So I don't know if you can yeah, see it kind of there. Up like, like so. so. Yeah. Yeah, so this is what it looked like in 1964, and it would have looked quite similarly in the 50s. I took this one along because it, it has something in it called the pink pages. You'll, you'll see it's literally pink, and this was uh, apparently Reverend Loopstra's uh, brainchild. This this sort of stood out in the, in the flow of the magazine, and it was meant to be uh, church news, like congregational news, um, little bits and pieces from across uh, the country. Oh. So hmm. when the uh, CRM came into the family home, delivered, you know, via the mail, folks that were interested in church news, congregation news across the country, they would flip open to the pink pages. It was kind of a thing. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> but you can also see, well, maybe you can't see, but it is written in Dutch. Most of the issues uh, from the start up until the mid 60s were in Dutch. Hmm. And um, so it was really a magazine intended for the the church community, Canadian Reformed Church community, right. most of which were were very Dutch at the time. They even yeah. had worship services in Dutch up until mm -hmm. in certain places into the seventies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and so the magazine, I think, by the time Clarion got a hold of it in seventy three, it, it it by then it was English. And in fact, I have the will. I've got the nineteen seventy three copy of Clarion here. Uh, oh, also wow. from our library. So this is the very first issue of Clarion magazine. Hmm. Um, so the rebranding was was really not so much, oh, we're charting a new direction, but it was, I think, a signal that Premier had taken over, but um, they came up with a, with a name that was, was a bit more, I think, intending to reflect the content. Uh, the, the word Clarion, you can maybe see it on the, on the, uh, the masthead here. You see the the trumpet uh, picture of a trumpeter, yep, and actually two trumpeters, and then numbers ten one through ten. So uh, there's a note inside uh, the very first issue of 1973 indicating that they chose the name Clarion as a reference to the sound of the trumpets that the Levites would blow, which is mentioned in Numbers ten. Uh, the Levites were called upon to blow the two silver trumpets at on two special occasions when. When the congregation was called to worship, so when, when Israel was called to worship, mm -hmm. two silver trumpets would blow. And if the congregation of Israel was called to war, oh. same sound. And they oh. make comment on that uh, in the in this uh, 1973 issue. 
So this idea of a clarion call, a trumpet call to God's people to, to yeah, worship and be on guard against your, your spiritual enemies. And I think that that, that hmm. still has a solid ring to this day. And, and I think clarion does um, does those things. It, it's, it's something uh, we, we talk about this, the spiritual warfare we're in as Christians mm-hmm. in, our, in our world, in our country. And uh, our, ourselves as Canadian Reformed churches, yeah, the devil's attacking us too. He's attacking Christians elsewhere, but we try to deal with the attacks that we experience in-house, the, you know, the, the pressures that we come to bear, that come to bear on us. And more generally, the, um, the call to serve and worship the Lord that, well, really all Christians uh, are called to do. So the articles in Clarion, they're, they're, they are meant first for the Canadian Reformed community, but we think they have an application beyond. So that's kind of that's kind yeah. of how Clarion uh, rolls. Oh, that's gotcha. cool. Yeah, I don't know if anyone will know why that name was chosen. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I see the logo hasn't changed a whole lot either. So no. it's, uh you know the seventy three launch so. consistent brand. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Cool. So I'm curious. Maybe a question for Will. Um, when Premier Printing got involved originally, did they? I mean, this obviously isn't uh, something that is a huge money maker for them um what's the what was the strategy of premier printing and and why did they take this on from uh the previous publishers and um how has that gone over the years yeah you know unfortunately uh i was commenting uh the other day about this to uh pastor pete there that you know i've actually lost that institutional history um in 1973, uh, my father wasn't even in Winnipeg yet. He was out your way as a young student. Um, and it was my grandfather in charge of, uh, of premier printing. Jerry Kewick was his name. Um, he just passed away at the beginning of last year or this year. It might've been It's hard to remember now, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what was going through his head. Uh, but I can speak, I think to the way they generally approach these things and, uh, yeah, my, my grandfather and my father after him were very, they had a love for the churches and the health of the churches and the unity of the churches. And I think that's where the opportunity presented itself to my grandfather. I think Reverend Loopstra was maybe looking for, uh, looking to pass the torch. And my grandfather said, hey, here I am. I'm, I have a print shop here in Winnipeg. I'm able to produce this thing, uh, not just in terms of printing, but, uh, but in putting it together. And, uh, you know, if I can help, I'd like to, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the, the, uh, the way we've operated ever since, actually, as well. And, you know, we're a fairly sizable organization here. We're, uh, we're geared for much, much more than just a magazine. Mm-hmm. And so Clarion is just a small part. And we have a little publishing arm as well. And these things were just, they're never meant to be major profit drivers or anything like that. It was about um, using what we have to serve the churches, right? The labor so that's of roughly, love. what's that? A labor of love. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Mm, that's, yeah. Oh, it's good. And, and uh, your work has been much appreciated, I'm sure, for years. So, um, yeah, that's, thank you. It's cool to know the, yeah, from the, actual you know nuts and bolts of what's going on in the background you know where this has come from from so many years so just kind of it shows up at your door and you just assume it just uh came out of thin air but uh 
Well, and if I if I can add something about the early work of Reverend Loopstra, uh, Reverend Loopstra seems to have been the the driving force behind CRM. It was seems to have been his baby. Like we're yeah. we're a little bit inferring because we don't have a lot of data, but from those I've talked to who who knew the man and knew knew about CRM, uh, he was kind of the publisher, the editor, and the printer, along mm -hmm. with uh, Mr. Case Oursloat and. Um, he had this 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 vision, and in the beginning, believe it or not, it was a weekly. What? Wow! It presently is a biweekly. So we Clarion publishes twenty uh, twenty five issues per year, I believe it is. Uh, in the beginning, they were publishing, evidently fifty two issues per year. Did this Reverend Loopshire have a actual church? Well, get this: he had two churches. He was the pastor of Hamilton Congregation and Orangeville. Now I don't know how he did this. I think he lived in Hamilton. Uh, and somehow or another, he was pastoring Orangeville and Hamilton at least for three years or so, and then it just was Hamilton. But this man had an incredible uh, work ethic, apparently, and just a love for the the church too, because it's a ton of work. Clearly, they need to sleep. They they, <laughs> yeah. did, they didn't photocopy these things. They, well, I was about they to had say, a, yeah. they had a stencil machine. Have you boys ever even seen a, a no. stencil? No. Okay. Well, I'm not sixty years old, I guess. <laughs> no. Well, when I was a kid in in grade school, that's how they. The photocopiers were very expensive, but that's so that so stenciling was this you would write or the teachers would write on a on a carbonated paper. So it'd be like three layers, a, a paper with three layers. Yeah, yeah. And you mm -hmm. could type on it, and in between there was uh, like a carbonation, a carbonated covered a, a sheet covered with ink. And then that that whole thing would go into a, uh, a mimeograph or a stenciler. It would be it would sit on this big drum, and you would literally hand crank this thing, and then it would spit out papers that would that were copied from your original. Oh, so wow. uh, back in, back in grade school, that's what, that's what teachers did all the time. And, and you know, you, sometimes you as a student got sent down to the copy room to run off a bunch of copies, but Reverend Loopstra and uh, Mr. Oursloat, uh, which is Rudy Oursloat's father, Rudy, okay. you know, from, yeah, from our uh, previous congregation. Yep. Um, they would run these off. He, he worked in a print shop. So at night they were running off uh, the copies of, of CRM for the first, I don't even know, number of years, I guess. Oh, and um, mailing them across the country. Yeah, and his kids. So Mr. Oursloat, <laughs> Mr. Rudy Oursloat told me that he was one of the kids who had to address the envelopes and put a stamp on them oh, and, wow. and send these things off wherever they went, uh, east and west. They went all, all across the country. And that was part of the weekly chores and the weekly wow. activities they did. And it's um, more work than dairy farming. <laughs> well, you can see it, it gave me a new appreciation for those immigrants mm. yeah. and the immigrant years. I mean, they, they, nobody was rich. Nobody had a lot to go with, go on or like, like a lot of money at their disposal, but they clearly had a love for the Lord and his, and his churches. And they wanted to mm -hmm. help keep the churches connected. Yeah. They wanted to build up the brothers and sisters in, in the reformed faith and, so anyway, just an interesting backstory about this. Uh, wow. You know, how. Yeah, if I could pan out my computer out to the hallway into into our office here at the top of our uh, stairs here coming in the building, we have uh, an old press and it's called a letter press. And that's where the original ones would have been printed at Premier. We also have on the table there one of those mimeograph machines. Um, so it's it's. You know, don't ask me how that works. I'm <laughs> another few generations past that in terms of how printing operates nowadays. And, and the same kind of work went into no, a quite a different kind of work, but the same tediousness, in my opinion, went into those early issues of uh, Clarion being produced at Premier Printing. 
you know, each letter that you would see on the page was placed in a chase, right? So they had these little tiny letters, metal things that they had put in the right spot in the chase um, to line them all up to get a sentence. And that's how you would prepare your, what I consider now just a print file, right? Yeah. Um, And now for detention, kids have to type it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. That's it's very hard to imagine for sure. Wow. I mean, that, that is inspiring just to yeah. think about the amount of sheer mm-hmm. work they did there. That's, yes, that's something else. Yeah. Imagine doing 20 years of that. Well, I had to think, <laughs> um, hat off to Reverend Lustra. I don't know if I could have done it the way, the way he evidently did it. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's remarkable. Okay. So wow. we, earlier we touched on how they changed the name to Clarion and, and why they used that Clarion name. Um, and the rebrand, what was the purpose of that rebrand? And like, did that coincide with uh, Premier Printing getting involved? And was there like any um, vision or plan with that to really like make this a professional entity or something? Or there's, it's hard to tell, not much documentation. It's really hard to tell. Like I dug into the history as much as I could. Yeah. Um, there does not seem to be any change in direction. Uh, of the magazine it's, it's not as if the last issue of crm and the first issue of clarion are like oh radically different in content yeah and even over the years similar content has appeared so the mm. trajectory was much the same i i think the name change was just quite simply to differentiate between the new publishers uh unless will has a better suggestion i, I you know I, I don't really know more to suggest than that mm. Yeah, no, I, I don't have a better answer than that either. Um, and I'm guessing this came as much from kind of the new team, editorial team, or the, the ones that came over from CRM along with it. Um, they said, hey, uh, why don't we give it a name and give it a kind of a style? And uh, mm-hmm. I think that's likely where it came from. Well, and if you, I have a, a current issue here in my, in my possession, and you'll notice uh, the little tagline in the corner there, it says, a Canadian Reform Magazine. It used to say as a subtitle beneath Clarion, the Canadian <laughs> Reform Magazine. Uh, I think a, a clear reference to its predecessor. Sure. So it never meant to overthrow or get rid of the CRM, right. but more a uh, continuation. And uh, we got away from the the because the inference seemed to be that this was a denominational magazine. Right. Uh, mm. Sort of approved by the denomination or the Federation of Churches. Whereas not really the case, and it's not the case. It, it's right. uh, it's a magazine that is published by Premier Printing. It's overseen uh, from an editorial perspective by ministers, mostly ministers anyway, within the federation. Uh, but it's not an official magazine like you mm. might find in other denominations. Right. Right. Okay. So we can't nail down any churches for doctrine <laughs> issues in there. But. But essentially, it, it kind of acts as the conduit for a lot of Canadian reform conversations. It's, it's the unofficial, if that's the sure. right way to say right. it, the unofficial magazine right. across our federation. Yeah. And does it have a mission statement or anything? Like I noticed after that line, right, you have the encourage yeah. and equip sort it, of thing. That's right. We uh, recently sort of clarified that for ourselves. And, and on, the, on the back of the clarion, at least currently, it has a, a mission statement summarized to equip God's people for his glory in faithfulness to scripture as summarized in the reformed confessions. And then it, it lists a number of core values. We are confessionally reformed. We're loving in manner. So, you know, when you write something that's perhaps polemical in nature, uh, you're doing it in a Christian manner, yeah. attuned to current issues, readable and reliable. You know, I want to emphasize that for a moment. We, we really work hard on 
on readability. Like even though it's uh, quite often it's ministers writing, mm. we we try very hard to keep it at the level where everybody can understand, like from teenager and up, mm-hmm. you know, yep. um, in submission to scripture, open to constructive criticism, nurturing Christian living. So, and then indeed on the, on the front cover to encourage, educate, engage, and unite. And uh, yeah, so we want to encourage people across the Federation of Churches uh, in, mm-hmm. in their walk with the Lord, educate them. Yep. So some articles are v- very much educational, instructive, engage them on current issues. Um, and sometimes we have whole theme issues to, dedicated to yep. a particular issue. Like we hope later in the, in the new year to have a, a whole theme issue dedicated to critical race theory, which is kind of a topic living in the air right now. We mm-hmm. need to educate and engage our people on that. And then unite. We're really, I think CRM has always been about that from the beginning, right? And Clarion too, to to bring a, a foster a sense of cohesion and unity across the Federation of Churches, even when there's differences of opinion, we're still one in faith. Mm-hmm. Totally. Maybe Will, can you speak to that um, from the publishing side? What's yeah? I mean, it, maybe it's similar to what it was originally, but is the goal still the same for Premier today? in terms of just supporting the churches, that kind of thing? Yeah, it, it basically the purpose of the magazine is uh, th- that we just heard there. That's really what our purpose as publisher is as well. It's uh, it's perfectly aligned with that. That's our that's our goal, exactly. Yeah, equipping, uniting, educating, encouraging. That's that's what we're after here. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, so if I could, if I could hop in there though, sure. Um, we just looked a little bit at the branding, um, and you saw some of the taglines underneath there. Um, I'm I'm reminded when I hear people speak about Clarion that it often comes with the uh, the Almighty the beforehand, <laughs> Clarion. Um, so I find it uh, I find it interesting, and I want to remind people if I can that. Just like uh, it's not handles the Messiah, it's handles Messiah. It's not the Clarion. It's Clarion. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm not going to win this one. I'm just uh, yeah. I like it without the 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 makes it sound really um, yeah, almost more like a, that official uh, Canadian Reform magazine even right. So, mm. but uh, yeah, it doesn't bug me that much. I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Actually, well, like related to that. Um, how does, uh, of course, I mean, obviously the elephant in the room, like we're a reform perspective podcast and mm-hmm. reform perspective as a magazine and whatnot. So how do you guys view yourselves in the landscape of, uh, reformed magazines broadly? Like where does Clarion fit in? Is it, is it a supporting role? Do you guys, um, yeah, it's, is it a, um, you know, a spot where you can work together on or yes. different purposes? How do you see yourself in that? Well, uh, to show that we're not against Reform Perspective magazine, <laughs> I, I brought a copy along. Oh, John will be happy. Uh, we are we are happy to uh, to stand side by side, shoulder to shoulder with RP. Yep. Uh, and Will and I talked a, a, lo- a lot about this, and I thought it was helpful for ourselves to gain clarity. Like where uh, where do we stand in relation to RP? RP, uh, when you take a good look at it from also from the inside cover. It's a magazine that's aimed at the Christian family. That's actually what it says, a magazine for the Christian family. It says a magazine too, not the magazine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they got they got ahead of us on that oh, one. Yeah. Um and and so so the all the focus of uh, of their articles will be on the family. Whereas as I mentioned earlier, Clarion has got a kind of a dual focus. Church 
and family, and specifically Canadian Reformed churches and families from the mm. Canadian Reformed churches. Whereas um, RP is looking at the Christian family more broadly. Yep. It does it from a Reformed perspective, but its audience is like, hey, any Christian family out there that, that, um, that wants to live in a Christian biblical way, this is a magazine for you. Mm. And specifically, they, they deal with social issues and economic issues, political issues. They, they mm. actually mention that on the inside yep. uh, colophon. Whereas Clarion, so, you know, we've got that church aspect, which really RP doesn't. And then when we touch on family aspects, our point, our starting point is the families within the CANRC. Mm -hmm. And of course, the topics that our families within the CANRC are dealing with will often have overlap with families, Christian families elsewhere. Sometimes it's more narrow, um, but, but lots of times it's, oh, that, that, that's an article that could be for a Christian family, a Baptist Christian family or, yep. a, right. or right. whatever, mm -hmm. same kind of family. So that's why sometimes there's a bit of overlap uh, between our topic choices, but RP is coming at it. Uh, they're looking at a, a, a broader audience, and they're but they're coming at it from a reform perspective. Our audience is a bit tighter, and and we're coming at that from a reform perspective as well. So mm. that accounts for some of the overlap, I think. Sure. Is there a case in point right, right in that uh, issue you had in front of you? There is that the one that features a uh, an article on home visits from a certain uh, pastor. <laughs> You might be right on that. Um, I didn't even look inside. Uh, so, so there is a, w one of these issues. It might, it might be this one has a has an issue, has an, an article that was published in Clarion by by myself on on the topic of home visits. Right. So, mm. I wrote that one. Yeah, here it is: improving the elders' home visits. I wrote that one for our church community because right. we have a tradition of doing home visits, and I was arguing there's a we could improve that tradition. Like yep. there, mm. it's a good tradition, but we can improve it. Right. And RP took that over um, because they have in their audience, you know, in Presbyterian churches and Reformed churches, more broadly speaking, that tradition might exist there too. So it fits with their audience. Yeah. Right. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And there would have been some slight tweaks, I think, to get yeah. it from something that would be easily understood in the Canadian Reformed context to allow it to be a little bit more accessible for the more broad uh, readership of reform perspective oh, okay does that get re-edited then or uh, rewritten in, probably in this, a little bit in, yeah. in this case um the editor john dykstra asked if he could do that i said no problem mm. and uh because for exactly the reason will mentioned so that folks in their readership aren't tripped up by what might be in-house terminology right for the can rc community gotcha yeah, interesting yeah yeah you know it seems that the that that nuanced difference um kind of like when i when i think of clarion or when i when i go to read clarion a lot of it is i think it's a little higher level i would say maybe more intellectual or more directed Deep. at the church issue particularly so i'm just thinking of like some like you have well, mostly ministers writing you have um more of an intellectual, not debates, but more intellectual discussions about certain doctrinal issues or certain um, church issues. Practices. Yes, church practices within our specific federation, yep. which I guess is something that we don't find in reform perspective, right? As such, yeah, and and it's kind of I guess in the broader tradition of a denominational magazine. Like if mm -hmm. you were to go to the OPC, they have New Horizons. That's their denominational magazine, and you'd find right. the same kind of 
in-house discussion, although there's lots of articles that we can benefit from. Yeah. As a, and the same with the RPCNA, they've got Reformed Witness. I, I think uh, a lot of denominations have a denominational magazine. So in that sense, it's not strange for us to do that. Uh, but I hope that our articles will are not so, let's say, uh, intellectual. Like, I, I hope, I think we need to work on that as writers, that we, we mm. even though the topics might be, let's say, adult topics, if that's the right way to say it, but because they pertain to all of church life, hopefully, uh, we want to aim to bring it down to the, to the level where everybody can understand. You should be able right. to pick up Clarion, you know, as, as a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, and read an article, and maybe not understand the issue because, okay, it's an adult issue, some of them, mm. but un you should be able to understand the the terminology, the words, and, right. and yeah, the basic the, sense the of The flow of the article. Yeah. What, yeah. Oh, what's I, the point? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's well done. I, yeah, I think that the what, – what I meant by intellectual, I guess, is more like um, it doesn't speak into somebody's life necessarily the same as – well, it, it speaks into the more of their church experience or something. Um, yeah. Christian living is that what you're thinking? Yeah, like it doesn't speak to say like um, a particular issue that they've tangible been issue with, tangible as opposed issue to that they've been they've been thinking about. Whereas reform perspective is a lot more, um, yeah, it's more of something that you read over a coffee and and it's just in the take weeds. It in It'd and, be like how to like tr how to raise your kids in the modern age, yeah, or something like that. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, how to deal with pornography. Or sure. Yeah, 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 there, exactly. yeah. Where of course, like Clarion deals with some of those things, but but also deals with the you know heavier hitting, more academic yeah. kind of. Yeah, doctrine uh, is true. It's true. Theological. Doctrine features uh, is a big feature. Uh, we do always have a meditation in there, like uh, Treasures New and Old is a regular mm. column, which is a meant to be meditative on Scripture and feed the soul that way with with ap application. So yeah, I wouldn't want to say it's yeah totally like highbrow or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I go, go to it for, I guess, more. So that's, okay. well, that's why, uh, yeah. you know, and that's why I enjoy it. So Good. it's, uh, yeah, I think if you look, uh, historically through, uh, older issues of Clarion or newer ones, but if you just go back, uh, the next, the last five years, you would see, um, you would see a lot of similar topics as reform perspective in a way, um, something like pornography has come up um, more often in the last few years. Um, things like abortion, apologetics, which you'd probably see a little bit more of in reform perspective, they do come into play. Um, I think it comes from a different angle, right? You're, um, in what sense does this live in the Canadian Reformed churches? Uh, how are we dealing with it? Are we dealing with it well? Um, what are the uh, theological foundations for how we think of this through right and that's where maybe it gets a little bit more intellectual um but i think those things also happen in uh, reform perspective so there is uh i think there's a fair bit of overlap in terms of the content or the topics the the angle or the direction that you're coming from it and who you're directing it to is a little bit different right mm, yeah right yeah, I have, a, I have a quick question. I, I don't even know if it's in our outline, quite honestly. I um, I'm just curious about the the um, the structure of it. So, like, Reform Perspective has a board. Lucas actually sits on that board. So, um, now that he we're involved with them, they roped him right in to do that. Um, so they have a board, and like, um, 
who helps decide the mission of the the organization and and kind of the different pursuits like we're doing podcasts now i'm sure we'll talk all about that um and the magazine and and what the direction of uh, like how the organization is going to be funded and things like that Mm -hmm. what does clarion's organization look like is it uh the editor-in-chief and just will going at it or or what does that look like well, I can hop in there if you like on, on that one. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so broadly speaking, you have Reform Perspective. Uh, you have, I'm not sure if Reform, Reform Perspective Foundation still exists. You might be able to confirm that, Lucas. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yep. And then, so there's a board of that foundation that's kind of running Reform Perspective. You have a executive director, yep. right? Um, yep. For uh, So in that case, you have Reform Perspective, which is a charity yep. right and it, our situation is a little bit different i am a i'm representing a business right i'm not a charity so you can't you know you can't send me donations for clarion because it's yeah uh, it's not this working the same right and you're not going to get a tax receipt either mm. so um i'm the publisher it's basically um i shouldn't say i i'm just a representative of the premier printing team but we're we're the publisher we own the magazine. Uh, we kind of direct how it's being done. We engage the editorial committee. Um, so I guess the buck stops here. Um, but then we, from a content perspective, we have an editorial committee that's um, working together to get the content in there and to uh, arrange the issues to, you know, develop theme issues. Hmm. So we have the um, editor in chief whose role is to kind of vet the material and uh, collate it and uh, review it so that it's ready to go to print. And very closely related is the uh, managing editor. That's currently, currently that's Laura out of uh, Alberta. And they're kind of receiving the, any submissions and they're reviewing um, them to make sure that uh, it fits the style of Clarion. And uh, from the work perspective, that's who's doing the, the work. The decision making from a business perspective, from you know managing subscribers and things like that, that'll be us. Content and uh, planning for new issues and engaging contributors and coordinators of columns would be the editorial committee. Hmm, cool. So that would be uh, the editor in chief, plus the managing editor, plus the co-editors, um, our contributing editors. So we're actually working on those. Um, those roles and those titles even now saying, do we got to rethink those? But essentially we have an editorial committee made up of the editor in chief, the managing editor, the, uh, the contributing editors. And then I guess I'm there ex officio as the uh, publisher. And uh, that's where the content decisions are made. Hmm. And I think it's also important to to note that um, like it's a volunteer, the, the, the labor force is volunteer yeah. uh, in terms of the writers. Like Laura, I think, uh, Will can speak to this. She, I, I believe she's paid something. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But, um, you know, like it's like like uh, the, the contributing editors and myself, we're all active pastors or uh, Dr. Van Vliet. He's a professor at our seminary. I mean, that's their full time yep. mm-hmm. job. And Clarion is kind of something you do in between. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, John Dykstra in that sense is in a better position as editor. He's, he's that's his full-time gig. Yeah. 
and and he you know uh, he has the blessing of being able to put all of his time into thinking it through the direction and gathering material. So we were doing our best. I, I think we are trying to work more as a team. That's sort of a focus that uh, we've developed in the, in the last few months as we uh, manage this this um, transition to a new editor that throughout the year we want to work a bit more as a team, be a bit more cohesive, be a bit more in tune and supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, that's so the, the volunteer aspect is a difference as well. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Well, that's cool. It gives me more, more clarity on it just uh, in terms of the inner workings of it all. Yeah. But, yeah. And there's actually some uh, interesting history there too. Um, you know, Reform Perspective uh, Foundation and Premier Printing have had a very close history actually uh, together since the beginning of Reform Perspective Foundation. And I'm uh, fairly certain my grandfather was involved in the early days of that foundation. My father was uh, on the board of Reform Perspective for many years. So there was a, uh, uh, there was kind of a unity of purpose there too, right? And uh, even if you look at the beginning of reform perspective, there was certainly no sense in which this was going to be a competing magazine to Clarion. No, they 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 saw um, an opportunity for a different kind of magazine. Actually, when it started, reform perspective was called uh, a social political magazine. So it was more yeah. looking on that side of things. Um, and so premier printing either uh as a business or some of its uh directors have been involved in reform perspective uh in one way or another for for many years okay that's cool. yeah, interesting and how do you go about getting content and uh getting writers well that is the perennial problem of any magazine <laughs> yes um yes. here at clarion again we've we've um the last probably couple of years we've made a concerted effort to recruit uh, new writers, and mostly we're going after new—not new, but uh, pastors yeah. in, our, in our federation who haven't yet written much. Or so we'd like to uh, eventually expand that pool of writers, um, and and you know also ex- expand the the age range of that pool of writers mm. because we want to have different generations represented. We are not um, like locked into ministers only. Uh, so anyone listening to this podcast who has an interest in writing for Clarion that fits the topics would fit within Clarion's, you know, purview, uh, please uh, contact me, uh, because we, we'd like to encourage writers within our federation of churches, um, that have gifts of writing that would be edifying for our, our readership. Uh, Hmm. we would, I'd love to have, for example, uh, you know, people in, in the various professions, uh, whatever it might be, whether it's in the trades or whether it's in the universities, uh, what is it like to be a Canadian reform person uh, in those environments? How, how do you as a reform person function as a university prof mm-hmm. or as a, a tradesman or as a business owner or as a, a local politician? Like we, uh, our federation is now yeah, it's 70, almost 70 plus years old. Um, we're into the third, fourth generation of Canadian reformed, you know. You were going to say those kids. who hate me there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, growing up. And um, so, you know, we like to hear from them. And, and they're, they're settled, unlike the immigrants, like your generation, right? You, you mm-hmm. guys grew up here 
and 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 those after you, Lord willing, will grow up here. You're you're integrated into Canadian society, yet you're you're reformed. You're Canadian reformed. How is it in the door in the commercial door business? You know, how do you how do you do that? And and how, what are the specific challenges? These are just an example. But oh, we could um, write about that. Yeah, the doors are open. Send, Definitely send me something. Yeah, yeah. but you <laughs> know, Tyler so even though we've got a lot of pastors writing, I don't want I don't want anyone to think, oh, it's only limited to pastors. No, mm. no, we we are welcome. We we like to see others, but it's hard to know where they are. They're kind of I think to me at the moment, uh, there's a they're, they're hidden talents. I'd like to mm. see them come out of the woodwork, and um, hmm. so interesting. Is there? Um, sorry, Will, did you want to say something? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I guess I would also point out some of the longer uh, running columns that we have in Clarion as well. Um, take something like Ray of Sunshine um, that's coordinated uh, by a non-pastor. And uh, it's an interesting view into how this is a Canadian reform magazine. Ray of Sunshine um, puts a bit of the spotlight, if you will, uh, on uh, some of our special needs brothers and sisters and uh, makes them remembered uh, in the federation i know my my aunt was uh she was deaf and she had some other challenges and you know her name would show up in clarion and she would get letters on her birthday right and it was really special to her and uh, i think you're going to see more of that out there so that's just one way again of uniting the federation and uh, something like clarion kids which you know has had different uh different names over the past, I guess. Uh, at one time there was a busy beaver club where uh, young kids would write in. Uh, if you go back into the archives on clarionmagazine.ca and you go and look when your parents were, I don't know, 10 to 12 or something like that, you might find your, your parent writing in some funny letter to a lady called Aunt Betty and uh, introducing themselves or so. Um, yeah, there was. There's always been an effort also to include children in there. More recently, we've had uh, a whole series um, uh, of Clarion Kids of, of kids-related, uh, really quick topics, and then some puzzles or things like that. And we're hoping to um, kind of start up a new, uh, a kind of a new contributor for Clarion Kids uh, very shortly. Okay. So just a couple examples of. Uh, yeah. Some of the content that's not pastor uh, written. That's right. Gotcha. I'm supporting Will with this. Uh, you can see it's called Our Little Magazine there. That I think it's here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then it's addressed to the Busy Beavers. Well, later on, it became, I think, Busy Beavers. It changed its name. and But this was a kid's feature. And uh, so little kids could write in and, and they could get uh, interaction from the, the author of this particular column. And later, there was a youth column as well. I noticed, um, I think it was maybe in the 80s or so, that the youth column went on its own. And maybe some of our listeners might remember a little magazine called In Holy Array. That was a, a, a magazine written by youth, so young people, say 16 and up, uh, and published separately on its own. It lasted from maybe the late, uh, latter 80s to mid 90s, give or take. And then it kind of folded. It's it, it was hard to keep it going, but it launched. If I understand it correctly, there were youth columns in Clarion at one point for that age group, and then they kind of went separate into In Holy Array. So hmm. I, I'd be interested in in bringing something like that back, since In Holy Array did eventually fold. You know, we'd like to see the uh, 
the youth. So again, if there are some 17, 18, 19 year olds out there who are into writing and energetic, uh, drop me a line and, and, uh, let's, let's see if we can make it happen. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. Is there, yeah. um, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, we uh, we keep running them crossing wires here. Go ahead, Will. Yeah, I was just thinking of another column that's kind of showing up in the in the magazine quite from the start. And again, this uh, kind of from this Canadian Reform perspective, um, we tend to have our own Canadian Reform schools, right? Uh, so uh, a lot of the conversation you had with Jason Heemskirk, um, those those kinds of conversations have been happening in the pages of magazine for. Um, almost right from the beginning, right? So it's a kind of a really Canadian reform thing, especially you start talking about, uh, you know, our schools. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of conversation doesn't happen as easily or the same way in uh, a magazine with a broader focus, right? Yeah. So the reform perspective, can you really talk about how we do our Canadian reform schools? Well, you can from a, a general perspective, but you can have a different kind of conversation, a more of an intramural conversation in a magazine like Clarion, right? Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, I was gonna ask though, is there, so with RP, there'll be uh, like, like John, the editor will write from an editor's perspective. Um, do you have editorials in the Clarion or how does that go exactly? We're actually bringing them back. So historically, Clarion's had a mixture of, um, if you go if you go way back, and I did take the time to do that, there, there was, I think in the beginning, just uh, an opening article. They didn't right. really have a special name. Later, uh, under Dr. Faber's um, leadership, he was editor in the late 70s, early 80s, I recall. Then uh, he was very focused on writing editorials. And and um, and then we, we kept that. I think Clarion kept that right up until probably the mid-20-teens. And then we decided to go away from that, let's say the last three, four years. And what we have now is the something called the lead article. So it's it can be anything in terms of an opinion. It could be um, instructive. It could be meditative. There, there's different varieties. We're going to go back to the editorial. We, okay. We've talked about it as editorial committee. And we're going to actually do something that we, we're not really good at. Um, at I'm, I'll speak for myself, not really good at writing short articles. Uh, you know, ministers tend to be on the wordy side and, and I'm, I'm one of the guilty parties. So we've decided, uh, also because our readers, I think, get weary of longer articles. And when they open Clarion, we want them to see on the first page, a one page editorial. That's truly an editorial. And by that, I mean, an opinion piece, um, uh, talking about an issue of the day that's relevant to the readers, but that takes a stand. Yep. Uh, I think that's something we want to return to that tradition. We think it's valuable. It's basically an, an argued position in a Christian manner. So we're not trying to uh, be mean-spirited, but we think there's there's a stand to take on, on issue X. We want to reason out the stand from scripture, from our confessions perhaps, and then uh, let our readers uh, benefit from that. I think people like to hear opinions on the issues of the day, and, mm. and they like to yep. hear, they like to be informed, they like to follow. We we consider that leadership, you know. Like let's let's lead lead the people in what we believe is is a good way to approach issue X. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, you could do about the first forty issues on COVID. So. Yeah, we might leave that one alone. Um, <laughs> That's enough. probably good. Yeah, yeah, that one's maybe, yeah, 
I let that one sit for a bit. Yeah. You're not sure what if you have an opinion on it? Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you know, like uh like <laughs> what we might do, and I just say might, but we I mean, obviously there's been some some articles in Clarion on the COVID issue. What I think would uh some of the stones left unturned are the relationship between government and church mm. when it comes to the COVID issue. Like like that that's been COVID uncovered that sort of laid that bare all of a sudden the government is saying something about how we go to church and if mm -hmm. we can go to church and the church is like uh how do we handle that and yeah. are we mm -hmm. i think that's where a lot of the tensions are coming from so this idea of what's the relationship exactly between the government and the church when does the church you know submit to the government when should it question the government is it even proper to question the government i think that discussion at some point could be valuable mm -hmm. but probably not in the near future totally Okay. Sounds I got a question. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask. So obviously we're talking on a podcast and uh, in the current media landscape, I guess it'd be interesting here, both from the publisher perspective and also, uh, yeah, as the new editor in chief, how do you view Clarion uh, in this new landscape? I mean, it was started to, to connect the Federation and to yeah act as a bit of a, a conduit of information and conversation throughout the country. Now, of course you can do that online in, in many ways. Um, so does Clarion, yeah, have any plans as far as video uh, type things go or podcasts or or you want to just stick with one thing and do the magazine as best as you can? What's kind of maybe we'll go from the editor's perspective first. What's your what's your thesis on that? Well, um, we like podcasts. So, uh, the, you know, <laughs> well, you're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we like real talk. Um, we genuinely do. And and. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Will would say the same. We see there's real advantages to uh, podcasts, like Christian reformed podcasts. There definitely are advantages. You know, one advantage being you can listen to it while you're driving. You can, you can take it in while you're cutting your lawn or shoveling your snow or, mm -hmm. you know, a time which otherwise might be spent just a little bit from a mental perspective, a bit useless. You can, uh, you can use that time profitably. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the coin, um, we we still think there's a there's a place for print and like articles in print, uh, and the value of a of an article that appears in Clarion or in other magazines. But we speak of Clarion, you know, it, is that that article has been well thought through by the author, mm -hmm. usually mm -hmm. by the author's wife or, or, or somebody <laughs> close to him. Um, and, uh, and and if it's a wife writing, then the, you use the husband. But you know, the, like in, in other words, a conversation in a podcast, like what we're having now, it's 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 good. I'm not I'm not trying to mm -hmm. diminish it, but it's a conversation that happens with ebb and flow. You're not necessarily always putting your best thoughts forward. Mm -hmm. You're not always articulating exactly what you hoped you would. And later on, you say, "Ah, oh, shucks, I should have said that." You know. Yeah. yeah. In an article, you have much less of that because you 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 ponder it carefully. You write it, you rewrite it, you edit it, you do maybe a couple of rewrites or so. You let somebody read it, let two people read it. They give suggestions. You you then you go mm -hmm. at it again. Then you send it into the editor, and he might send back uh, a comment or two. So by the time it lands up in Clarion, mm -hmm. it's had several sets of eyes, um, and and people thinking it through. Now I'm not saying you can't get uh, like questionable things sometimes mm -hmm. publishing in there, but you're going to have much less of that than you would. In a conversational setting, mm -hmm. so the articles I think have the value of of having uh, they're they're better thought through typically than in a conversational setting. Mm -hmm. So there's that value. 
I think an article also is it's easier to to go back to it. You can reread it if you're like, oh, I don't know if I understood him or I didn't. You know, in a podcast, you can pause the podcast. But if you're like a day later, say, you know what? Yeah, I remember he said something really cool in, this, in the middle of that podcast. You're like, oh, I don't, can't find that back again. Or it's, yeah. it's harder to find it back again. Yeah. It's easier in an article just to flip over and, oh, yeah, I'm here. And then you can show somebody, right? True. Mm-hmm. Although I will say on that point, we have started to timestamp our uh, uh, podcast so on YouTube. So if you look at it on YouTube, there's sections. Okay. And they should also be in the show notes of our podcast. We can definitely make that happen if it hasn't happened yet. So you go to the description. Yeah. There's Plugger little, little sections. So. Which is great. So, so and, I, and again, I think podcast mm-hmm. and articles can complement each other. Just like yep. video, podcasts, and articles all play all play a role. Mm-hmm. Um, well, another nice thing about Clarion is, or about magazines in general, is that they're physical and they lie around. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, if you come to my house, you would see Clarion lying on the coffee table. If you were to come in, you might just pick it up and glance at it. You might, when you're done with Clarion, pass it to a neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, hard hard podcast can be passed on, but there's something about the physicality of it that just lends itself to just sharing around. Yeah. So maybe Will has more to say, but those are some ideas that, that I, I think are still make a written product worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I look at, um, just from my own business here, um, I'm not really in the book publishing uh, business in a very big way. Uh, we do publish a few, um, but I'm quite aware in the industry itself. Um, it's interesting to me that um, printed books, which were supposed to kind of dive off after a while uh, in favor of eBooks and in favor of Audible, um, they're just raging right now. It's printed books just keep uh, climbing. We've got a very large book printer in our uh, backyard here and uh, they're just, they can't keep up almost. Right. So th- there is something about the printed uh, word that, that is um, enjoyable to people. Um, I would suggest that um, if you're, if you're using a podcast in a, while you're working out, let's say um, yeah, it, it doesn't, allow for the same kind of uh, really focused and calm comprehension uh, a lot of times. And I think that's what people find from reading. Um, If I have to, you know, if I get the proof of Clarion uh, kind of the last check before it goes out, I'm more liable to catch any issues if I print it out and I have it physically in front of me, something about having it up on the screen there right in front of me is not the same. There's somehow the way the brain works, um, I can take it in a lot, a lot uh, more thoroughly, I guess. Hmm. So there is something going on. There's all kinds of interesting studies around that. Um, but yeah, it's a different kind of, it's a different way of taking in content. Um, podcasts is, is really engaging uh, in a conversational sense. Uh, you can get through a lot of interesting material and it's, it's fun to hear people's voices and inflection and all that, right? Um, when you've got a written argument, yeah, it allows you to really focus on it. And that author's putting all that, um, you know, let's say intonation or inflection in the voices is putting it right into words. And it allows you to really parse things in a different kind of way. Right. So, yeah, they each have their uh, their uses. And we are uh, we are tied to the written word. Um, that's that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing for the uh, for the near f- future, for sure. Mm, definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a good point too. Um, 
John Dykstra brought this up to me the other day, like just from a censorship perspective, like when you're publishing online, there's always that, you know, especially nowadays, that cloud hanging over. Right. But if you, you publish, you know, as a printer and especially with you guys, you're, you know, an independent business and uh, you don't really have to worry about that too much. So hmm. it's a nice, well, true, yeah. nice benefit. You don't, well, you don't get censored. You mean? Well, exactly. You're not right. going to get your article pulled from Facebook or Amazon Web Services won't take you down or something. Well, we would get demonetized so fast if we had enough views on YouTube. So. Yeah, exactly. You know. We're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> we're not getting monetized. We're, um, we're, we're close, actually. It's, uh, uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. Like, I, I enjoy, like, I mean, we've obviously thought about this issue because, you know, we're doing the podcast and we're not doing a magazine. But um, to your point, I, I like that uh, you can kind of, the conversation that in a podcast kind of stays on not a surface level, but it definitely is a little less thought through every, everything. And, and, you know, we try to kind of poke, do, and, poke and prod and, and try to get some of those little, like, yeah, you know, things that haven't really been thought through completely, you know, out of our guests. So that's kind of what we're, yeah. you know, the benefit of, of doing it our way. So, or, or you know, the yeah. podcast would have been. Yeah. Totally. You, guys, you guys will come back after a podcast and say, okay, well, you kind of like um, you reflect on how that podcast went. What were the key points that came out of it? Right. So you're, you're kind of working with that limitation of the live podcast mm-hmm. by coming back to it after some time of thinking and reflecting and saying, okay, well, you know, what did we think of that podcast? What are our, what are our key takeaways? What did we not get clear? Mm-hmm. And so you're doing some of that same kind of work um, yeah. by having that extra podcast afterwards oh, to yeah, think true. about it. Right. And there's different ways to do it too. Like we do, yeah, we do the conversational way, which I think is, yeah, like you say, well, like it's, I think it's, if it's done well, it's usually fairly engaging and there's a certain, uh, yeah, a certain goodness to it, but you can do more prepared style stuff too. Professional. Professional and like piece it together and and whatnot, which is, yeah, maybe whatever. We'll see where, where clarion goes, but there could be an avenue for, for something like that as well. Or uh, interviewing, you know, different authors you have in, or, or whatnot. But yeah, it all complements. It all works together, right? Hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. We well, interesting we, to to ahead. see that. Um, just like we said that you're going to see similar uh, content, maybe from a different perspective in Reform Perspective and Clarion. Um, you know, uh, some of your guests that have uh have been featured in in clarion as well right or in reform perspective so there's there's this overlap and uh i think the um the variety is good right um people can can get that content in a way that works for them and um maybe from a different perspective maybe it's easier for them to hear uh about infertility or infant loss from a person rather than reading cold words on a paper maybe that's how someone feels maybe they'd rather just take the time to digest it. Right. Really? So it really depends on, on how you're going to interact with it or how you want to interact with it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested every once in a while we have, um, there's people, um, r- I guess writing articles back and forth or, or, or interacting with an article that was written. Um, and that sometimes goes back and forth in different issues of Clarion, um, to have them sit across the table. I always wonder how that would, what that would look like. So you have the, the really thought out, you know, you're saying, yeah, their wife's thinking it out and then, you know, someone else and someone else. I wonder what those conversations would look like if they, if they happen across the table sometimes. So it's try right. it. Oh, yeah, we should, uh, we should, we should just invite the two protagonists then to your show. Just and, sit back uh, and see what happens. Yeah. You might have fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's worth doing like on the one hand. Yeah. Okay. People think it through and, and they say what they mean, 
but I've seen it before too in the very pages of Clarion where you kind of, it's like two ships in the night and they're just, they just miss each other. And no matter how much time they put into it, they're just, it doesn't seem to be connecting there. So I feel if you were in person and we're talking face to face, it's hopefully. I think so. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe we'll, uh, yeah, maybe audience members, like listeners, let us know if you uh, would like us to do some sort of, I would say debate style, maybe, but discussion style podcast. That could be interesting. Hmm. So, um, yeah, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, do you want to cover any of the the other new changes that maybe we haven't uh, we haven't touched on yet? Yeah, um, that would be that would be nice. So, so we do hope to uh, a couple of the new things we hope to do is bring on a what we're calling a Clarion reporter. So, for anyone who's familiar with Christian Renewal, they have uh, or they have had a dedicated reporter. Glenda Mathis was was doing that for years, and she would pick up on um, classes, meetings, and uh, church events, uh, things happening with a new minister being in, ordained or installed, or mission works, all of that kind of stuff. We thought that would be a good addition for Clarion, kind of uh, someone who's keeping tabs across the Federation on new developments in church, congregational life. But mission works, also domestic mission works, you know, we have a growing number of them and in our in our Christian schools. So we're still looking for uh, at this moment for a person to fill that role. But we we hope to maybe get that started. Um, another thing we hope to do is, is start a series on uh, church history. Now, that's happened before in Clarion some years back, I think. But this one would be telling uh, stories like to children, but based on historical realities in our own church history. So we have Mr. Mr. Keith Sykema from our teacher's college in Hamilton. He's uh, partly retired and he has uh, a very much strong interest in, in writing history from a, in, in a story format. So for example, there'll be one coming out in the early new year. It's on Radbod, King of the Frisians. And I read the story (laughs) myself, like in, in, uh, because that was part of my task. And I really enjoyed it. And that I, name? Pardon me? Radbod. Oh, what's that name? Yeah, you've got a Radbod there, uh, Will. That, <laughs> that's kind of, that's the, that's the name of, of Radbod the Frisian. I like William the Conqueror better, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very interesting story. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's a way to uh, teach ourselves and our kids the history of God's work in, 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 yeah, in our past. Hmm. So we hope to do more of that. We hope to also have a column on the persecuted Christians around the world. Um, Clarion's always tried to have a, a, a an outward face to to see what's going on in the broader Christian world, even if it's not reformed. We we like we have in the past tried to have a, a column on uh, you know what's going on. It's even in Roman Catholic circles or Southern Baptist circles or Lutheran circles, wherever there's maybe news developing. We are trying to get writers uh, for those uh, aspects as well, but we have one secured um, for writing on the persecution of of uh, Christians. And you may or may not know it's a like we've the Christians have never been more persecuted than right now. But in the Western media, you never hear about it. Mm-hmm. So we want ourselves to become aware of it. We can pray about it more, and perhaps give to organizations which are trying to give aid to those people. Mm-hmm. But just an awareness thing. 
Something else we hope to do is have a regular column on Napark churches. So that's here in North America, just an update on what's going on. And Napark is North, Amer North American Presbyterian Reformed Council of Churches. So there's about, uh, I believe it's 13, possibly a few more by now, but at least 13 confessionally reformed Presbyterian and reformed church bodies yep. here in North America. And we hope to have someone write on that on a regular basis. We also hope to have a regular column on podcasts written by by Luke. Yes, that's true. Oh, yeah, they roped you into that. Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> saying yes to a lot of things lately. It's, it's yeah. handy when your dad's the editor of Clarion. You know, Correct, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, stay tuned for that. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, kind of just uh, a little update on yeah, but, just a recommendation. Well, and, and that's part of what we want to do at Clarion. Like we're always trying to figure out, okay, what, what, what do the, what are, what, what would benefit our readers? Like we, we want to publish Clarion. We want to write articles and uh, contributions that are helpful for the readers. Like if it's not helpful, what am I doing? This is all yeah. vo volunteer. It's extra. Like I, you know, in, in that sense, if it's not serving a purpose, then I'll, I'll just go home. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and hang up my pen because it takes a lot of effort to be yeah. quite honest. But if it's helping people, and then we ask ourselves, what what can it do? What can we do to help people? And a review on podcasts, you know, an introduction to various podcasts that hopefully you, you'll discover or you know a bunch already that are useful for for our our readers, mm -hmm. right? So cross pollinate that way. Oh, cool, yeah. And nice. um, yeah, and then like I said earlier, we hope to get more pastors writing. So uh, broaden that that pool of pastors writing so that yeah, more and more of our churches are you see their own pastors in there. And it has that feel again, like, yeah, this is this is our magazine, even though it's not an official Federation magazine, but Clarion feels like, yeah, this is this is this is us. Fosters a sense of community. Yeah, kind of family feel yeah. to it across the Federation. Yep. Cool. Yeah. That's a lot of new stuff. Yeah. And ambitious goals for a new uh, editor. Yeah, we're we're trying. I, you know, it's not gonna be an over done overnight, but Lord willing, uh we hope we hope to we hope to get there and uh just yeah, refresh a bit. Do you have anything uh, you want to add, Will? I got maybe yeah, I, one question. Left. I think maybe uh, one thing that didn't quite get touched on uh, as fully at this stage as it was earlier, um, just trying to invite some of that conversation from, you know, submissions from uh, people that may not have written previously or maybe assumed that you had to have the uh, MDiv behind your name to, uh, to <laughs> contribute. Um, yeah, we hope to be a little bit more, I think, deliberate about inviting submissions and inviting uh, letters to the editor. Cool. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, well, I'm writing in there, so we'll let anybody in. So. <laughs> well, and on the score of letters to the, to the editor, um, we, we've taken a, yeah, we, we sort of revised our approach there too, a little bit. Um, because our editorials are only going to be 800 words, we're also limiting editors letters to the editor to 300 words, so a little shorter. And we're not planning to re have uh, responses to the letters unless it's judged as really required. Like there's something in there that needs an answer. But like, so if somebody reads an article and they, and they have uh, uh, their own opinion about that, whether it's in agreement or against, or they've got an additional thought, they can write a, a little 300 word letter. And, and as long as it meets the basic requirements of being, being spoken and written in a Christian manner, We'll put it in the we'll put it in the uh, in the next issue and just let people uh, have their reactions. We we want we want people to be free to 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 respond. And mm. uh, sometimes there's a 
an issue that's a bit more complex and requires a longer response than 300 words, we're open to publishing a longer response as a separate kind of a reader's forum piece. Mm. But we want to, we want readers to feel like they, they're being heard without necessarily being um, critiqued back for their, for their comments, right. you know? Right. Yep. Uh, so we want to, we're trying to find that balance. Well, our hope is that people will feel free to write in and without the, the concern that they're going to necessarily get a, get a critique back. I think, I think some mm. people have expressed the concern because we've had the habit of if a letter comes in, then the original author would write yep. kind of a rebuttal, yep. which I think for years worked okay. But I guess some people have taken that as uh that they feel that rebuttal is, um, kind of heavy handed, like let, just let, just let the reader's response yep. be what it is. Mm. And we thought, okay, let's, let's do that. We don't want to be heavy handed. That's not the right. idea. Um, and, but yeah, we're also going to shorten up those letters. So it's just a, it's just a, you know, a, give a quick response. And, and again, we encourage, we encourage readers and even that's even kids, you know, like if you, if you see something on the Clarion kids page and, and you want to say something to the dear editor about what you've seen in the kids page, mm -hmm. By all means. Sure. And now you've met the editor for all our listeners. Yeah, sure. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Kind man who will publish your things. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. Not that so. scary, right, kids? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, speaking of kids, like, so maybe you want to speak to people who are, yeah, like younger folks, whatever, like starting their lives, moving out. And what's, uh, you know, why, why should they have a subscription to Clary and have it in their home? Like, well, yeah, yeah I, I happily speak to that, and I think Will will have something to say on that too. But you know, Clarion, like if you're if you're if you're a member in a Canadian Reformed Church, there's no other magazine that will give you um, what's going on across the Federation of Churches. So yeah. if you think of your local congregation as a as a church family, which it is, I think it's fair to think of the whole Federation as a as a family. Um, perhaps we're not used to thinking of it that way, but. I think it would be good to think of it that way. So mm -hmm. we have brothers and sisters, you know, across many provinces and we we're, we're in, we actually are in um yeah, we're in a federation together. We have a church order, which, which we we've agreed to do church life together. So to, to understand what, what brothers and sisters in the West are thinking or in the East are thinking, you can't get that anywhere pretty well, except Clarion. Uh, you can pick up press releases now on, on our Canner website, which is, which is good. But in terms of, a, you know, commentary and interaction and mm -hmm. thoughtfulness about what's going on inside our Federation or there are larger church family, uh, you, you really can't get it anywhere than in Clarion. So for our young people, I would say, come on, you know, stay connected with us. It's, it's not, um, it's not difficult reading. Mm -hmm. It's not expensive. There's even a deal to be had. Will's going to tell us about, in about, about that in a minute. And, you know, about the issues that come up in family life, the issues that we write about, we have in mind Canadian Reformed family situations or individual situations. So when we write, you're the audience we're writing for. Whether mm. you're a young adult or a middle-aged adult, whether you're married or single, we, we are trying to think of you. And we're open to topic suggestions as well. Uh, you know, so by all means, uh, consider this, quote unquote, your magazine. And, and we'd love to see it as a partnership where we're trying to help uh, younger members. And I think the younger members will, if they give it a chance, we'll see that it's, it's a benefit to them. Hmm. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Will. Yeah. And it, you know, I look at it, you know, if, if I think of how my, my grandfather and my father approached the magazine, um, 
they had a love for the churches, right? And um, the churches uh, are, you know, the future of the churches is the young people today, right? Um, I'm probably a little between kind of our editor and our podcast host in age, but you know, uh, you're not, you're not a young person for very long before. I think I, I thought I heard in one of the podcasts, uh, Tyler, you're an office bearer, yep. right? So you have a, um, you, you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot on your plate there and you, you've got to do your, your part in the Federation. Maybe you're a, you're a young mom and you've got kids and you want to start thinking about, uh, you know, how to think about, schooling for instance or how to think about parenting and uh, understanding how that plays out in in your church family and your what's going to be your kids church family what's the future of of church for for our kids right what, what will the church look like in uh 25 years and is the direction we're going on good and are can we learn about you know what are the dangers and what are the uh, what are the good things that are happening uh, in our federation, right? So just being involved, uh, being a young person does not mean that you're not involved in this federation. And um, sooner than you like it, you might uh, be in a place where you have to exercise leadership in the home or in the church. And I think it's a good preparation. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Will's got a deal to mention. You were going to mention that that deal, Will. Yeah, how do people go about getting getting the magazine? Um, uh, the simplest way is clarionmagazine.ca. Uh, interestingly, there is a clarionmagazine.com. If I understand correctly, it is uh, some kind of programming, computer programming website. So if you if you come across something like that, that's not us. Um, we're the original. I think we started earlier. But anyway, clarionmagazine.ca. And uh, there you can subscribe. You can uh, you can find some more information. Um, and actually, for real talk listeners, there's a special URL for you. I'm I'm happy to offer a, a free four month uh, subscription to real talk listeners. So just uh, put a slash real talk at the end. So clarionmagazine.ch/realtalk, and uh, we won't take your money. We'll just take your address. And uh, you'll get a printed copy of Clarion for uh, four months. It'll be about 12 or 13 issues. Well, there There you go, folks. You can't say no to that. Free Free magazine. Hopefully you can throw that in the uh, show notes. Yeah, no problem. 100%. If there's something Dutch reform people like, it's something free. Yeah, it's free. Come on down, folks. Younger or older, it's all, it's there for you. Beautiful. Look at that. All right. Any other closing thoughts you want to have before we wrap the show up? Uh, well, no, I, I don't think so. So thanks for having us uh, for having us on. Um, I think we've sort of covered all our bases as far as I can tell. And we yeah, have... I think so. Yeah, Will, any other last thoughts there? No, I, I think uh, it's been a fun conversation. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been fun to learn. I, I didn't know there was uh, so much history there. And, and uh, it's nice to know the inner workings of it, like, you know, what's yeah. happening and what's going to happen. So. Yeah. Appreciate and frankly, uh, you know, th- this podcast uh, kind of forced us to do some digging and uh, we ourselves learned some interesting things uh, along the way. Yes. So, yeah, there is a lot of really interesting history there. Yeah. There you go. Podcast and magazine working together. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's All right. Have mag- <laughs> podcast in the magazine. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so cool. Well, thanks for Beautiful. listening, folks. We uh, appreciate your time and uh, catch you next time. Keep having a real talk. Cheers.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen or watch the show. If you want to send us your feedback, and we'd love to hear it, please email us at reformedrealtalk at gmail.com. If you want to find us online or social media, we've got a lot of great content there. Just search Reformed Real Talk and we should come right up. This show is created and produced by myself, Lucas Holtfluer, and Tyler Vanderwood. And our wonderful podcast manager who does all the editing is Mariah Tamiga. So we're really thankful for her contribution to the show as well. That's all for now, folks. Thanks for watching or listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.